In today's show, we bring back a good friend, successful entrepreneur and business coach, Jim Palmer, to discuss his new book, Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger. This is the 41st episode of On Faith's Edge. Hi, this is Ray Edwards from The Ray Edwards Show, and you are On Faith's Edge with my good friend, Joe Taylor. This is On Faith's Edge, where engaging, enlightening, and entertaining content brings us closer to living an authentic faith. We'll talk faith and life with people in business and entertainment as we work out the space where God and life collide on Faith's Edge. And now your host, Joe Taylor. Ah, yes, yes, it is good to be back. Did you miss me? I sure missed you. I missed you. Proverbs 9.8, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Hi, welcome to On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations with people of faith in business and entertainment from all walks of life and levels of success. They all have one thing in common. Like Jim Palmer, they believe in God and they come here to talk about it. Last episode, we spoke with new recording artist, Chris Whittington. Now, Chris is not your ordinary new artist. His music brings a fresh classic rock sound that inspires, enchants, and entertains. He has a fantastic story about following God's calling, no matter what your position is in life. You can hear that conversation at onfaithsedge.com slash 40, as in onfaithsedge.com slash 40. On today's show, I welcome back entrepreneur and business coach and a good friend, Jim Palmer. Jim was last on the show about a year ago when we dug deep into his faith and the life-changing moments that brought him closer to God and put him on a remarkable path to success. You can hear that conversation at onfaithsedge.com slash 18. The reason I bring that up is because uh, in this conversation, we talk a lot about Jim's book, Decide the Ultimate Success Trigger. We don't dig deep into his his faith. We mention, we talk about God a little bit, and he relates his faith a little bit uh, during our conversation. But Jim is a rock-solid believer in Jesus Christ. And uh, if you want to hear his story, go back to onfaithsedge.com slash 18. Uh, Jim also, he's, he's a no-nonsense down-to-earth, straightforward business coach. He, he's a sought-after speaker, and his sold-out workshops have been game-changers for thousands of successful business people worldwide. Jim's most recent book, like I said, I think three times already, Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger, is touted as his best work yet. Hello, Jim. Welcome back to the show. Joe, thank you for having me, man. I had so much fun on our, on our last um, on our last interview. I'm I'm really excited to be back with you. Well, you know, I uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but your that particular interview on on faithedge.com slash eighteen uh, is one of my most listened to interviews because of just your transparency, your story, uh, everything everything about that about that time we spent together was uh, was just unique and and. Uh, very, very authentic. So I, I appreciate you coming back. I was really excited to have you back on the show, Jim. Uh, a friend of mine told me that you were coming out with a new book 
And uh, I'll be honest with you, Jim. I, I, I respect your work. It's okay to be scared, but don't give up. Stop waiting for it to get easier. Create your dream business now. Great, great entrepreneurial books. But I got to be honest with you, man. When I heard you were you were releasing no, a new book, of course, I perked up because I respect your work. But then I, 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 the book is called Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger. And honestly, when I, when I heard you were doing a quote unquote mindset book, Jim, my BS flag went up a little bit (laughs) (laughs) and and I'll tell you why I I thought, I thought, oh no, not not another, you are what you think about, or your thoughts will bring you riches book. Uh, All ideas, you know, Jim, all ideas, I don't necessarily discount, or I don't necessarily disagree with, because I do, I do agree with, with you are what you think about the, and the Bible's very clear uh, that, uh, uh, you know, all that is good, all that is right. Think upon, think upon these things. I, I think the Bible's clear about that, but you're a practical guy. You're known for your practical, actionable business counsel. Uh, a, a unicorns and rainbows book is, is, isn't your style, man. <laughs> now, since I've seen this book, this is a bit of a setup, Jim. Tell me where I was wrong. I have to share. I'm gonna, I got to share with you because, um, just, uh, last night I did an interview um, with a buddy of mine, Adam Urbanski. He's known as the millionaire marketing mentor, Adam himself. I mean, he's a multi-million dollar coach to other small business owners. We, I mean, we do a lot of the same things, but I, when I got into this business, I looked up to him like a big rock star. I was almost afraid to meet the guy. And um, when I asked him to review the book, um, he, he goes, I was going to do it out of respect for our friendship, but I thought I'd flip a few pages and find some of the, oh, positive affirmation, this, that. And, you know, like you said, you are what you think. He goes, I actually couldn't put it down. One of the reasons, and I, you know, we just kind of mentioned this briefly before we um, turned on the mic, so to speak, Joe, is that um, I, I bared my soul in this book even more than my other books. You know, I do believe, and I actually purposely did not call this a mindset book because that is where most people go, oh boy, you know, watch what you're thinking and do this and that. And what I have figured out over, um, you know, again, over all, my career. Again, all good stuff. All good stuff. Absolutely. But there's a plethora of mindset books. And so, <laughs> yes. gosh, there's another lesson there. You got to do something different to stand out. But one of the things I, I was trying to distill down, uh, because I knew I was going to write this book. And, and Joe, to be honest with you, the reason I was going to write it was I felt the nudges that I had to do it. When I when I finished writing uh, Stop Waiting For It To Get Easier, that was October of last year when it launched. And I, I said, I got to take a break. That's five books in five years. And when I did my um, my Dream Business Academy and I taught this module called uh, Success, Money and Your Mindset, so many people said, wow, you got to write a book on that stuff. I'm like, nah, I don't know about that. And then it kept coming. I, I as, as from our last interview, I think I probably mentioned, I've learned not to ignore the nudges. And so I got so many of them. But what I wanted to do, Joe, is what is it? How can I most help people? And so what I figured out from you know, six years as a coach and me studying other highly successful business owners for years is that highly successful entrepreneurs, they seem to have an uncanny ability to assess a situation, to really quickly and deliberately consider the pros and cons, and then make a decision. So many people just get wrapped up in, I don't know, should I do it? Should I not do it? Yes or no? What if this? What if that? 
So the people that actually have the ability to decide yes or no, but not maybe or I'll think about it. If you decide that you're not going to decide yes or no and you're going to decide I'll think about it, that puts you into a place that I call Squishyville, Joe, real technical term. But Squishyville is where opportunities go to die. So when I started with that as the premise of the book, I said, well, that'll take two chapters. Now what do I do? And so what I what I really did a whole brain dump on, and I kind of felt like I was on the uh, my therapist couch, if you will. I said, what are all the decisions that I've made since I started my business, especially and in, in more, more in reality in the last, say, seven or eight years to the business that I'm doing today? What are the decisions that I made and what are the decisions that I didn't make and found myself in Squishyville? I actually, in chapter one, Joe, I actually list all the different things I knew as an entrepreneur who wanted to achieve success, there were things that I knew I should be doing based on what other people were already proving. For instance, be a speaker, uh, write a book, start doing videos, host your own live events and seminars. I mean, there, I list all this stuff. And then I, I actually tell people in the book why I didn't do them. I'll, I'll kind of con- condense it to one thing. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I did not want to do any of that stuff. And I liken it, Joe, visually to I'm I'm zooming down the highway and all of a sudden I come across multi-lane highway and there's like big semi-trucks in front of me. On on the back of one of the truck is be a speaker. On the back of another truck, be an author. Start marketing. Put yourself out there. Host your own live event, your own seminar. Do all these different – and I said, nah, I'm going to kind of – I'm going to slither into the breakdown lane and go around them. And then you know what? When you get into that breakdown lane, you get – you get stuck in the in the mud and the soft shoulder and the sand. You can't go anywhere. And because and then I was just so blessed to um, meet Melanie Benson-Strick years ago, and she became not only a great friend, she's been my my personal mindset coach. And she and she finally said to me, Jim, I, I know you pretty well. You know, even after we've only been working together a year, first of all, I know you, but I also know you because you're like so many other people. And she says, what makes you think? You can achieve the same level of success that these other folks do, these other people you emulate, like Adam Urbanski and other folks, but yet you're not willing to put yourself out there. She goes, my friend, it's not reality, and it's time to man up. It's time to decide that you will stop being the impediment to your own growth. And that was that was a big moment for me, Joe. And I, I there's several things I did. There's no flipping a switch. There's no instant access. I actually list all the things I did in the book to get over my fear of public speaking. The latest, most freshest piece of head trash, as I call it, and I think chapter two, the latest piece of head trash that I kicked the curb was doing my own live events because everybody kept telling me, if you really want to grow your coaching program, you should be doing your own seminars. And you know, I'll be candid with you right now and your audience, Joe, the, the biggest piece of head trash that I had with that was, what if nobody comes? I mean, you sign a contract, not only for meeting space, but you guarantee X number of rooms will be rented in the hotel. And guess what? If they're not rented, you pick up the tab, you pick up the tab for the AV team, the, the caterer and all of that. So what again, what if it doesn't work and I'm on the hook for all that? What if it does work? I fill the people with I fill the room with people and I stink and people want their money back, you know? <laughs> all these different things. And it's all head trash. And I kick that to the curb. I've sold out two. I've got my next one coming up in San Diego in May, and I've only got like nine seats left. So, you know, if you I'll just tell you this, and I I 
probably just realized I've been talking now for 20 minutes or so. (laughs) But if you want to achieve higher levels of success, you have to get comfortable, not only with risk, but making decisions and moving forward. The thing that propels a business forward faster is momentum. And momentum comes from when you're in action. Inaction, which is the ability to say, I'm going to think about it. Inaction causes you, it's like dragging an anchor behind you as you're trying to sprint toward the finish line. You know, you're, you, you talk a lot about authenticity, Jim, and in this, in this book, you reveal some personal demons. And I think we talked a little bit about it before you reveal some personal demons that you went through, uh, in your, in, in your entrepreneurial life here and your entrepreneurial experience. Can you share some of those? I know you shared about your fear of personal, of, uh, of, of public speaking, kind of that whole, that whole process. What other personal yeah. demons have you fought? Well, the public speaking actually goes back to grade school. Well, at least high school is what I remember. There was a um, in, in history class that that doggone teacher used to make everybody get up, take turns reading the textbook in front of the room. I figured out that's why he didn't have to teach. He just had us kind of read the book. But when it when I was I was counting how many people were going to come, and if it came to me, I was I was going to go to the bathroom and not come back. And if it looked like my turn was next day, I'd skip that day. I mean, I was really, really, really bad. But then you know, I kind of started getting over it a little bit. But the other thing I I, I mentioned in this book about that, Joe, is the need to go all in. If you're going to fix something, go all in. So I looked at everything. I got involved with Dale Carnegie program. I joined a a program where where speaking every month was not an option. I did positive affirmations. I actually went to a professional hypnotist. I did everything because I did not want to try something. For example, the Dale Carnegie program is like a 12-week program. So 12 weeks go by. Maybe there's a little bit of progress. Then I'll try something else. So I did them all, Joe. And, you know, I can get on any stage now in front of hundreds of people and, and, you know, do a pretty decent job. Another one, another fear that I had was in 2009, um, Kodak came out with this thing called a flip cam. So it was like $125. Everybody could instantly start, start creating these videos, kind of high definition videos and launch them. And up until that point, Joe, entrepreneurs could hide behind their websites. Even if the websites had audio, they're not seeing you. Um, the written word, blogs, and all that. But now, all of a sudden, people were putting themselves out there with with video. So I was like, "Well, people going to think I'm goofy looking." I know I got a, I, I, I know I have a silly laugh when someone I just laugh like a girl sometimes, and and all these. Am I going to look silly? And so I had all these pieces of head trash. But at that point, I'm I'm really into it, working with Melanie. And I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in. And I committed to doing weekly videos, weekly videos, Joe. And I'm now entering my sixth year, have never missed a week. And I can name at least eight or 10 people and friends of mine and some other folks that back in the day in 2009, 2010 launched their weekly video, you know, their web TV show. I think I'm the only one standing pretty much in that entire group, still doing it every week. You know, in your weekly videos, you take a, uh, you take the term, uh, go jump in a lake to a whole new level. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. You know, funny story about that. My wife said, because, um, this past spring, uh, well, a year ago, actually, um, I finally scratched a 34 year old itch Joe and I bought a boat. And so it's just, it's just one of the highlights of my life. And so now I actually have, it's at a marina. So I actually have a doc. She goes, you ought to refilm that and jump off the, you know, jump off the dock by your boat. <laughs> and um, there's, a, there's actually a marketing lesson real quick. You don't change things just because you're bored or because you want to. Because a lot of people recognize me because I've been doing that for so long. They, you're the guy that jumps off the dock. Yep. They'll see me at live events and whatnot. That's cool. 
That's cool. In, in the book you talk about, there's a couple things I want to talk specifically in the book. Uh, we talked about authenticity. Uh, what is the good and bad about being authentic? Oh my gosh. You know, it, it, here's the thing. Authenticity um, gives you the freedom to be yourself. And it also gives you power because when you are authentic, you don't have to remember who you are in front of what group of people you don't have to remember. It's, it's almost like the truth shall set you free, you know, not, not that you might lie, but who did I tell what to, and you know, things like that. So when you just kind of bare your soul, so to speak, and you know, you mentioned on the last interview we did, I just spoke so candidly because I've really got nothing to hide. And, um, so when you're, when you are a marketer, as it relates to business, there used to be, you know, 20 years ago, maybe even a little further back, there used to be like your nine to five personality. And I'm going to go way back just to paint a, a real vivid picture. Imagine in the, in the leave it to beaver days, Ward goes off to work in his suit, puts that hat on, he's got his briefcase on the weekends or in the evenings, I think in the evenings, he still had his shirt and tie on, but on the weekends he had like those funny golf shirts, you know, and, um, but that, that was, so he had his, he had his nine to five personality and then he had his weekend or his off hours personality. Mm -hmm. A lot of entrepreneurs want to have that same deal. In other words, this is who I am when I'm technically on the clock, when I'm working with clients or doing this or that. But then, you know, in my own life, I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm allowed to be a different way. And what I tell people is in this day and age, with, with the internet and specifically all these different forms of social media, it is impossible to have two separate personalities. So especially when you think of like Facebook and, you know, I, I actually coach a few people, Joe, that actually say, well, Facebook is, I only have a profile. It's my personal page. It's where I just keep in touch with family and friends and things like that. And I said, that could be why you have it. But what I'm here to tell you is if somebody goes to your website, your professional website, and they see different things about you, everything you want them to see, everything looks great. Don't you think they're also going to go to your Facebook and unless you completely block everything, which is just really hard to do, they're going to see the other side of you. The, one of the examples I give in the book, Joe, is let's say you're a young couple and you have your, your new baby and you're both working, so you're looking for a nanny. You go through this whole roster of resumes. You ultimately bring two people into your home and interview them. Everybody looks great. How do you decide? So after they leave, um, you and your spouse go on Facebook or you start doing some Google searches of their name. And on their Facebook, you say, let's just say it's a, a – young 20 something just for me to be stereotypical a little bit but and and maybe they're still into drinking parties and things like that right and you could say and i know there's probably people listening well that's not fair that's their personal life they would obviously not do that but i'm telling you if i was a young parent i would not bring somebody into my home that has parties like that and i mean to me it, doing that and, and is it's kind of a uh, it could be a business killer for sure because it, it's it seems unfair to judge people like that but again I think that's just the reality of who we are now you could say well how does that make you authentic Jim what I'm telling you is with social media you want to be you want to be your authentic self but you don't have to tell everybody you don't have to tell anybody where your scar is and what doctor you're going to for here you certainly don't have to tell people what you think of the president and healthcare and 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 all these other hot button issues i liken it to what the old adage is for cab drivers don't talk about sex or politics or religion because if you do that and i and i see some pretty successful people there's a guy that i follow he's a he's a very big time author and i like checking out what he does a lot of different times it's, i'd say 80% of the times on his facebook he's got some good Good stuff, very thought-provoking stuff. Once in a while, he will post something that's just way out there. 
he actually revealed himself to be an atheist, which I didn't know. And it, it's okay. People have, the, you know, we have free will, right? right. But it, it, I must tell you, it, it made me think about him a little differently. Um, but then what happened is, and, and my bigger point, Joe, is when he made that post, and he didn't just say I'm an atheist, he just, he actually made fun of people who believe, right? Because there's no proof, you can't see it, you know, that whole argument. Right. And um, what happened is his news feed just blew up to about like 100 or 125 posts, comments, and half the people were bashing the left, half the pe- people were b- bashing the right or believer versus non-believer. And here's my point, Joe, for this extremely long answer. I'm going to try and keep my answer shorter as we go no, forward. Is, but Listen, when, Jim, but when, when you get Jim Palmer on on fire you don't put them out brother keep going <laughs> so here's my point is him sharing that opinion and then having his newsfeed blow up with with people on either sides of the aisle or either either side of the uh question or debate just beating each other up does that make you feel good does it make you feel warmer and more likely to want to engage with that person i say no so when i when i post stuff i post success tips i post marketing advice i share people uh pictures i share with people pictures of my grandson we were just up there for a second birthday my boat um, people know I'm a cancer survivor, but they don't know necessarily unless I share what kind I had or, you know what I mean? There's a limit. I want people to know who I am as a person, as it relates to how much information you need to know to say, well, he seems like a good guy and he seems kind of smart about business. So that's the line I walk. You know, that dovetails perfectly, Jim, into, uh, another subject that you cover in this book. And to me, this may be the number one killer of of uh of an entrepreneurial being successful and that is the imposter syndrome can we discuss the the imposter syndrome and what it is and how do we work through it that is you know i i was aware that i sort of had it before i knew what it was called i actually learned the term for it as i was doing research for the book joe and so here's the thing First of all, everybody should know that every big business starts small. Dell Computers, huge, huge company, started in Michael Dell's dorm room. So everybody starts small. When I started my business, um, you know, after the, after the unemployment and the debt and the cancer and everything, it was a very low point in my life. Barely could even afford a desk. In fact, I just started my dining room. And you hear a lot of people today, you know, starting a business in your spare bedroom or your basement. It's much more acceptable today than it was years ago. And when I started about 14 years ago, having a home office was only sort of okay. Anyway, in my head, Joe, when I went to make uh, sales calls for for my newsletter marketing business, I I, I put on a nice suit of clothes. Um, I had nice business cards, a brochure. But other than that, I had an old computer operating in my dining room. We didn't even have doors in the dining room. I told my wife, I need doors. She goes, how about you get some money first and then we'll talk about <laughs> doors, you know? And so here I am calling on these prospects. And in my head, I'm, I'm so deathly afraid they're going to ask two questions. Where's your office and how long have you been in business? In reality, the second one, how long you've been in business, nobody ever, ever asked. What they did ask, which I, I thought was kind of relieved, is that how long have you been doing newsletters? And I could easily say, I've been doing newsletters for over 20 years at that point because I, I I literally had, like, I don't lie, I don't embellish. So I was, I was able to give a truthful answer that really gave me credibility. Now, some people would ask, um, well, where's your office? Because I, I would always meet prospects either in their place of business or we'd meet for breakfast or lunch or coffee sometimes. So where's your office? My ready? Oh, I'm in Eagle, PA. 
Oh, are you in the Eagle View Corporate Center? Oh, no, I'm about two miles from there. About 80% of the time, it stopped there. But then somebody would persist, go, where are you exactly? <laughs> and I'd say, well, I have a home office off of Township Line Road. And in my head, Joe, so this speaks to head trash. And by the way, the imposter syndrome is its sometimes referred to as fraud syndrome. And I think the best way I can describe it is you feel like you're going to be found out, right? So that's, and so in my head, I'm thinking, as I say, I have a home office. I'm thinking, he's going to get up point to the door and say, get out of here, you pathetic loser. If you can't have an office, you are not going to be doing business with my company. <laughs> and I mean, how many times did that happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm really overblowing it a little bit, but that's what you think about. <laughs> but in reality, okay, in reality, most people said, you are so lucky. I wish I had a home office. I wouldn't have to, all that traffic on Route 202 drives me crazy, you know? And um, But the imposter syndrome holds a lot of people back. And the second way that it holds people back, and I really want to share this, is with people because they feel like they're going to be found out, they sometimes feel like they're not worthy. Even after they start having some success, they'll be thinking to themselves, well, I got lucky. What if it all goes away? They start having all these conversations in their head, basically devaluing the value that they're bringing to the marketplace. Okay. So what they need to do is recognize that for me, it was all about newsletters. If I can write and design great newsletters, for companies and it really helps their business. The fact that I could do that in an hour sitting at my dining room table on an old Dell computer has no bearing on what I charge. If they're having success, if they're gaining more clients by way of referral and repeat business, the fact that I don't spend $3,000 on a rented office somewhere makes me smart. It doesn't make me wrong. Amen. Amen. You know, Jim, one of the most powerful chapters in, in, in your book uh, decide the ultimate success trigger is uh, a chapter called five habits of highly successful entrepreneurs. Uh, do you mind giving us a, a sneak peek and kind of sharing those with us? Yeah. Five habits of highly successful entrepreneurs. Number one, um, most highly successful, I would say all highly successful entrepreneurs get up early, Joe. And, you know, some people say, well, I get up early. I'm up by 730. Well, I'm talking most successful people <laughs> are up. Most successful people are up, you know, probably by five o'clock. And, um, you know, that's me. I'm up by five. I'm usually working by five o'clock, Joe. And, um, you know, <laughs> there's no uh, moss growing under my feet, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing is entrepreneurs are willing to invest they're willing to invest in their future growth and profitability. They also exercise. And, you know, to me, I'm sure there's people that exercise far more than I do, but I almost every day will at least get on 20 minutes to half an hour in the elliptical. Um, they, they harness their brain power. They feed their brain, you know, good nutritious stuff. They express gratitude. I'm going kind of fast, but, you know, when you start out, your day with gratitude for everything that's going right and things you're grateful for. It just puts your mind in a much better place. And the, and the final habit, Joe, is being bold, deciding to be bold, to take bold, decisive action. If you want to grow a very successful company, it's not going to be done taking very, very cautious baby steps, okay? Um, so those are the five things. That, that was part of a, a larger article I wrote a, a, a while ago, but those are the five things that I think carry across anybody. And um, the thing about it is, 
you, it's that whole early to bed, early to rise. You know, when I say I get up at 5 a.m., people go, oh my gosh, you know, well, I'm in bed by nine or 9.30. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not hooked on, I'm not hooked on TV shows and other than, you know, Shark Tank and I like Nashville. And a lot of times we record those because we fall asleep. But um, for the most part, uh, you know, my wife and I, we, we read, we enjoy conversation or, you know, we're both in bed kind of early, but we, we work hard, but we play hard. And, you um, you know the the other thing that um, the other thing I was talking about with, when re, with regards to um, um, being bold and decisive, and I don't know if you were. I was hoping you're going to bring this up next is the risk rewards, wealth, and speed. Did, did yep. you want to talk? About yeah, that absolutely, quick? absolutely. So when I talk about playing a big game, um, and again, I I coach. Well, I think about thirty people in my program today, and I've been coaching for six years, so I, I've really got a good. Uh, feeling about how different entrepreneurs react as far as risk and their ability to act quickly. And so in the book, you know, I like to, you know, remember stick like glue when I created the leaky bucket. Well, here, instead of just saying the back burner, I created Squishyville. So I like to have these different, you know, uh, sayings that, that illustrate things. So I want to talk about risk, all right, because I say wealth rewards risk. And it's very simple. The more you're willing to risk, the more, by very nature, it could go badly and you could lose it. Or if you do, you know, correctly and make really good decisions, you could really have a higher return on your investment. So what I did, Joe, is I created three levels of risk in the financial world. And then I liken it to the entrepreneurial world. So the first one is the savings account. Um, the second one is stock market. And then the third level of risk is the casino. So the savings account entrepreneur, Joe, they're going to start a business with no borrowed money with the intention that if this works, great. I'll reinvest part of my profits. Or if we sell something, I'll, you know, I got to buy something else, but I'll take some of that profit and reinvest it. They're going to grow just like that. They'll never, you know, mortgage their house. They're never going to borrow money. They're not going to do anything. They're going to grow based on the growth of the business. I think some people can do it that way, but you better have, you know, 40, 50 years because you're going to be growing at a snail's pace if you're only going to invest what you sell as your as your method of growing. Level two is the stock market. And by the way, I call it the savings account entrepreneur because if you take $1,000 or $100, whatever, but let's say you take $1,000 and you go put it in your savings account at your local bank on the corner. In 10 years, that $1,000 is guaranteed to be there it will not disappear and you will earn a little bit of interest probably at this at this day and age probably 0.5%. So I don't know what that is, but it's nothing, right? right? And then the next level of risk, risk level 2 is what I call the stock market entrepreneur. So for, with this analogy, instead of somebody wanting to just grow very slow and steady, they want they're aggressive, they ha- they're 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 okay with risk, they want to grow fast, they're likely impatient, which describes me to a T. And so instead of 0.5% if I was to put $1,000 in the stock market, I could probably this day and age pretty safely earn 5%, 7%, maybe 10%. There's a chance, and this is the risk part, there's a chance that if things completely went perfluy, then they could lose the principal. But that's not a big risk of that happening, right? So in the entrepreneurial world, this is kind of describes me. I was willing to borrow. I borrowed all kinds of money. Um, on credit cards and different things because I wanted to invest in my growth. I was so slow growing. I wanted to do more advertising. And then in the 2007 timeframe, when I kind of switched over to the online world, I remember specifically, I was still very much had a big pile of debt from the early years and from the unemployment. But I had an opportunity, Joe, to go make a... um, 
to display my business at a at a big marketing conference. Here's the rub, though. It was $5,000 just to rent the booth space. Then I had to fly myself there. I had to create some sort of a booth. I had to eat, even if I was really strategic and ate oatmeal in my room. And I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, but it was going to be a $7,500 decision. Mm. And to me, it's like, okay, I've already got like mega debt sitting here. I'm growing slowly. Am I willing to risk another $7,500? And I said, you know what? I'm going for it because I, first of all, I really felt that I was doing what God wanted me to do. I was becoming an entrepreneur. I, you know, God and God and I know in the Bible it talks about debt and things like that, but He also wants you to to work hard and He wants us to live an abundant life. So I was willing to put myself out there, and it, that proved to be a wonderful decision. That is most definitely a stock market decision because I could have lost the seventy five hundred. I didn't. I didn't actually come home with seventy five hundred dollars worth of new business. I came home with about five. But over, the, I think over the course of six to eight months, I got more business from the people I had met there that didn't make a decision right then and there. So that worked out. And the third level of risk, Joe, is called the casino. You put a thousand dollars in the craps table and you hit. Man, you can hit big, but you could also walk away with no principal, go in a heartbeat. You know. Or, or you know, New York Minute, as they say. But you know, if you look at the people, I mean, if I, I don't know if you saw uh, the Steve Jobs movie. It was just what he he was he was gambling big time yep. with a lot of yep. money, with a lot of lives, and things like that. And then I look at Fred Smith with Federal Express, and in you know, late seventies, in the middle of the oil embargo, the Iranian oil embargo, he starts Federal Express, and he didn't start it with a used Cessna and just grow from there. He bought multiple jets, DC nine jets. Sometimes flying them across the country with like three and four overnight letter packages for about 20 bucks each. Now, they were losing millions and millions and millions of dollars a month. And um, he turned it around. He kept going. He built momentum. He kept risking. But now, I mean, success, Federal Express is an amazing success story. And Fred Smith is an amazingly uh, wealthy man. So I think that I, I really think that paints a picture of the three types of risk you can take. And you can see where each one, you have the opportunity to lose big, but you also have the opportunity to win big. And here's the bottom line on this. We're all wired differently, Joe. So when you look at highly successful people, if you ever do this, I want you to stop it. You never say, oh, they're so lucky. Oh, overnight success. I guarantee you there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Very Luck is part of it, but very little of it, in my opinion. Hard work, willingness to step up, to man up, to woman up, whatever you want to call it, risk, and, and, and play a bigger, bolder game. You know, it's a cliche, but I, I always love the, uh, 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 that, little, uh, that little saying, uh, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And, That's right. Uh, you've got to you've got to be prepared in that in that in that levels of risk. Uh, if you can just share with us, where do you sit? Where's your levels of risk? Where's your level of risk? I am most likely in the stock market, but I am not afraid. I would say that there was a couple decisions that I made, which were probably casino type decisions. Um, you know, the one to where I risked I basically borrowed seventy five hundred dollars more. On a credit card, I didn't. There's no line of credit that I could get. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. my credit wasn't great, and I really didn't have any assets to my business. My business was me, you know, and um, and then the, the one I made shortly after that was joining my first mastermind program. It was four hundred dollars a month. I could not have done it on the cash flow alone. So the savings account entrepreneur would not do that. And actually, as I wrote about that, I, I could actually think of three or four people that have talked to me about joining my program. They go, you know, I just can't afford it right now. 
And I say, well, listen, if you get an idea, if I help you come up with some strategies and with the accountability, all the other things you can do as a, as a result of being in the group, the benefits, you can far outweigh the $400 investment you're about to make in new growth. And I, my story is when I started, within six months, I was earning far more in new revenue than the $400 I'd paid. But when, as you said, when opportunity, um, perspiration meets opportunity, I think that's what you said, right? Prep, yeah, when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So I was prepared. I brought myself to the point of joining the mastermind. I had the opportunity, but then I'll say, here's the title of the book. I had to decide. I decided yes or no, but not maybe. And I actually decided yes. And again, it turned, I've been masterminding ever since. You know, most highly successful people continue to get coached by others, and most people are, are, remain in mastermind groups because that's how you keep your mind sharp. You know, this, this book is written in a, in a really unique fashion. You end each chapter with a synopsis called Pulling the Ultimate Success Trigger, and then with a written decision that the reader is forced to make a decision uh, right then and there. What is, the, what is the power of this format, Jim? What I wanted, again, you know, when I, I, I almost, I don't, I don't want to say I came to the party kicking and screaming again. I, I felt many nudges and I describe them in the preface, all the nudges I had to write this book. Um, and so, okay, I'm going to write it. But if I'm going to write it, I really want to have a big impact. And so, again, I didn't just want to describe, these are some of the decisions you need to do. This is how you should invest in yourself, et cetera. So I pulled back the curtain because, you know, my journey and my story has not been one without, you know, it's fraught with potholes and different things. But I wanted to tell my story. Here's what I was afraid of. Here's how I got over it. Here's some of the decisions I made. But now you have to make a decision. At the end of each chapter, I simply wanted people to make a decision about where they were. In the book, Joe, um, I call it, your 3 a.m. holy crap moment. Mm. And most entrepreneurs will have them or have several of them. And I liken this to it's 3 a.m. It's completely pitch black. Your eyes are open. You're looking up at the ceiling in your bedroom and you're thinking, holy crap, how am I going to make payroll? Holy crap. How am I going to pay myself? I haven't paid myself in two months and I'm the owner. You know, holy crap, holy crap. You go through all these things. And then- Holy crap, really did I just put $7,500 on a credit card? Yeah. Oh, believe me. I, I, <laughs> Absolutely. So, believe, and you go to these, and let's say you go to uh, an event like this and you're out and you go to lunch with people. And it's like, do I pick up the thing? Good gosh. What if my credit card bounces? You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, there are several holy crap moments, but um, you know, basically what it boils down to, and I, and I truly believe this, no matter where you, if you have not hit six figures yet, maybe you're doing, you know, maybe even low to mid six figures, or maybe you're trying to get to a, a seven figure business or beyond, no matter where you are in every one of those uh, kind of spaces along the uh, journey, there are things that you should be doing. And when you get real with yourself, when you finally, you know, get completely transparent, at least with yourself in the bathroom mirror and say, I, I am the one holding myself back. One of the 3 a.m. moments I had, and I had several, was, you know, as I'm thinking about the speaking business, becoming an author, I, as soon as I, I mean, I'm not an author. I didn't go to school for writing. I knew I've got some good things to say. Thank God I've got some editors that make it at least appear that I got past the eighth grade with my <laughs> writing ability. But, um, you know, all that, that head trash that says people are going to pick on you. It's going to be, you oh, know, that, that stinks and this and that. What it comes down to is at that point, I had twin girls. They were like 
16 or 17 at this time. And I knew they wanted to go to college. And I also knew probably within 10 years they'd want to get married. I had no idea they're going to get married at 24 and both of them within the same 12-month period. Mm. But, you know, I had some real – which, by the way, I want to point out, when you when you completely personalize and internalize what your goals are and why they're important to you, you will work harder. So for me, it's like I want to help my girls go to college. I want to pay – some or all or half or whatever I could figure out, I'm not just going to say, sorry, girls, I don't have it. And in reality, it's because I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. I'm not manning up and doing this, that, and the other thing. And so here's the thing, Joe, we all, we all go to events, networking events, big, you know, seminars, people come up to us. How you doing? How's it going? Oh, great. Things are great. How are things going with you? And in your reality, your head's going, you liar. You know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to say, I am struggling and I'm not even saying it's a good idea, but you got to at least be honest with yourself. Right, right. Jim, as, as we wrap up, when someone uh, completes the book and goes through the exercises as, as, in, as you intended, what will they pre- be prepared for? It is my hope that they're going to be prepared to play a bigger game. And um, so, Joe, I actually, um, from memory, and I'm, I'm thinking because I've read the book about 50 times now in editing. So I'm pretty sure on the last page, I, what I ask people to do is, is make some decisions. So I want you to decide that finally the time to grow is now, that the time to um, take out the head trash is now. Uh, if you want to decide that slow to no growth is no longer an acceptable option for your business, If you want to decide that you do deserve wealth and success in a a lifestyle that's full of freedom, time freedom, um, then I want you to decide to to step up and start doing the things, invest in yourself, do the things that you know you need to do to become a success. And my final question is this, if not now, when? The book is Decide, the ultimate success trigger by the the renowned Jim Palmer. Hey Jim, you're you are doing something very special uh for the release of this book. While supplies last, you're giving this book away. Yeah, so Joe, I've never done that before and people could ask, "Well, why are you doing that?" And well, it's first of all, I do want to make a bigger impact. I do feel I've been blessed, so I like to give back, but it's it's not completely um, lost on me that the more people get the book, the more they might be interested in coaching, coming to my live events, buying other books, etc. But what I've decided to do, Joe, because I really believe that I was really in a way forced into this book a little bit, is I want to get it in the hands of as many people as possible. I I truly believe, and um, in my last book, I was so blessed to have Kevin Harrington from the Shark Tank write the forward to that book, and he pretty much, we kind of had a mutual agreement, understanding, if you will, that entrepreneurs and small business owners are the lifeblood of this country, of this economy. And the more we can be successful, the more jobs we create, the more it is the entrepreneur and small business owner that's going to get this country and the the economy out of the ditch. So I want to get this book into the hands because I know for a fact, because I was there, so many people I've talked to, so many people that have seen advanced copies of the book were there. They admit it. You know, I just held off doing this for years. Some people, I still can't get myself to do video. I'm afraid I'm going to look silly. Well, you know what? Get over it, you know? So there's so many things. And it's my hope and dream that uh, we are going to give away 500 books 
Um, so the first 500 people that go to the website, uh, decideforsuccessbook.com, are going to get a free copy. And this is not a digital download, Joe. This is an actual 200-page paperback book. The only thing we ask in return is that you um, pick up the shipping and handling. Uh, but we're going to send 500 free books. And the other thing we're going to do, just to make it a complete no-brainer, is we're including three special training videos. So there's each one is about 20 minutes to half an hour. These were part of a... Um, a seminar I did where people paid as much as $2,000 to be there, and we covered three specific different things that you need to know to help you grow your business. So basically for $6.95, which is the shipping and handling of the book, you get the book, you get three training videos, and um, this is exactly what you need to get your business to the next level and and finally you know, start growing and, and enjoying some uh, the success that you want. This is exciting, Jim. Again, the book is Decide, the Ultimate Success Trigger by Jim Palmer. Thanks, brother. It is my pleasure, Joe. God bless you and all the good work you're doing. God bless you, my friend. As Jim mentioned, for a short time, he is offering his book free to the first 500 people visiting DecideForSuccessBook.com. I'll give you that site again. DecideForSuccessBook.com. However, as a special gift to you, Jim is giving away a signed copy of Decide. If you'll connect with On Faith's Edge via Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for show updates, uh, we'll we'll give away at least one signed copy of Jim's new book. Jim's website is getjimpalmer.com. Again, that's getjimpalmer.com. His Facebook and Twitter links can be found in this show's episode uh, at onfaithsedge.com slash 41. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 41. Hey, I, I want to let you know in coming episodes, we're going to experiment a little bit with the, with the format of the, of the show. Uh, you may hear different music, different uh, transitions or different intros or outros. Uh, in a general different feel to the show. We've had multiple requests to bring back some earlier features uh, that we had uh, back in previous episodes, features like Tough Questions, where we explore some of the most difficult questions about faith and God and and uh, the spiritual world. Uh, also, we, uh, we've we been asked to bring back something called Spiritual Hacks, where I talk about tips and tricks that help us live a life of faith in God. Spiritual Hacks was only around for a few episodes, but apparently... There are several, several of you that uh, miss uh, those uh, those features, so we'll uh, we'll look into bringing those back, uh, as well as some different interviews and maybe some uh, a little shorter interviews and and some news and maybe a little bit of commentary about uh, about uh, Christianity and and in the world today. Uh, we'll see what happens. I would really love to hear your feedback uh, about the changes that come up, and we're going to like I said, we're going to experiment a little bit, and uh, would love 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 to hear your feedback. Uh, on the next episode, Brian Harden joins us. Brian is best known as the host and producer of the wide, wildly popular Daily Audio Bible. But next week, Brian and uh, and I will talk about his new visually stunning movie called Promised Land. Hey, and before we go, a very, very special welcome to the newest members of the On Faith's Edge community. Uh, and, and I'll do the best I can to get these names right. Roy Jones. Donovan T, uh, Rafe Allwright, K. Watts Holbrooks, Rebecca Cox, Gail Alstead, Sean Tabbitt, and the Christian Adventure Community. Thank you so much for joining the On Faith's Edge community. Welcome, uh, welcome to the family. I really love you guys. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you again to Jim Palmer, and of course, thank you for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. You mean a lot to me. 
and you mean a lot to the show. Remember, God is real and eternity is now. Let's go out and live like it. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. 